You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Victory Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees swept the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park, and Giancarlo Stanton basically did it all by himself. He had 10 RBI in a three-game series. He had a three-run home run, a grand slam, and a two-run home run to make it 6-3 in the eighth of Sunday night's win that clinched the sweep. He didn't leave a single man on base all series long. There are a million moments to talk about from this one. Who knew when the Yankees were up 7-0 on Kyle Schwarber's lost in the sky pop-up on Friday night that it was going to get better on Saturday and Sunday. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be as happy as humanly possible to answer those mailbag questions from Massachusetts. Thomas Carinante, where to start? Obviously, I'm getting excited now. I will ground myself. I'm not going to be this excited for the rest of the podcast or the rest of the week. The season's not over. The standings are very much not done being settled. The Boston Red Sox face nothing but tomato cans in the Baltimore Orioles and Washington Nationals for their final six games of the year. So the Yankees, not only do they not have home field clinched, rolling my eyes out of the back of my head, they're probably going to have to win. They're going to have to end the season on a 12-game winning streak to ensure that they get home field in the wildcard game. That's not even something I'm thinking about. But what I am thinking about is what we witnessed and how historic that was and how if we have to go into Fenway for a one-game wildcard playoff next week, I am certainly no longer calling that a death sentence because we just took out the Red Sox hearts three consecutive games, and it felt like pre-2004. Absolutely incredible. Um, I I don't know if you could hear it in my voice, but the relief, the 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 pressure off my shoulders, and I have really nothing to do with this team. I don't play Just for the team. The I don't, don't even work for the team. I have no affiliation with the team. Um, and I, I, I can't even describe to you how good I feel. Uh, we went into this. We said a sweep wasn't happening, so we ate our words again. No uh, the, the best possible way to get words shoved down your throat is by predicting the least likely scenario that would make your team look completely epic in the national spotlight and have that happen. So I'm happy to look like an idiot. Um, if you even want to call it that, 
Uh, and Sunday night, interestingly enough, almost turned into an unmitigated disaster for the Yankees. You, we, how many we've talked about a million times. We'll get into Friday and Saturday first, but Sunday's the, the main talking point here. Uh, we've talked a million times this year, and now it's September 27th today. Um, that too many times the Yankees have let their rivals and have let the teams that hate them get the last laugh, whether it's taking the first two games of the series, um, or blowing the second game. Uh, and then giving up and then not, uh, not finishing off the job with the sweep, whatever it may have been, there's been all different variations and iterations of it. The Yankees very, aside from beating down on some, I think they swept the white Sox, right? That was like the one where it was like, good. We got that. Um, Yeah, yeah, everybody else was just like, they, they couldn't get the job done. We had questions about their accountability. We had questions about them punting games in terms of the lineup construction, um, all everything you could ever imagine. And then last night in the seventh inning, things come to a head. My post-game story was ready to get written. I was ready to rip Aaron Boone, man, for that pitching change. Um, not that. The, yeah, the lefty the, who can't get lefties out. That's yeah, who you decided well, to bring in. Yeah, that too. But like Clay Holmes throws 11 pitches. It, it, the, I, I haven't seen the Red Sox hitters that confused against us in, in uh, this entire year. He throws 11 pitches. He gets the side. He, he struck out the side nine strikes. And then Alex Cora brings Travis Shaw to the on deck circle. And Aaron Boone immediately calls for the lefty. And then Alex Cora, that ah, wait, never mind. We're going with the righty. So then you, you bring the lefty in after a very efficient right-hander who's very capable of pitching against left-handed batters um, comes in and single right off the bat. You have a runner on first, then a walk runners on, or no, then uh, Alex Verdugo's uh, drag bunt runners yeah. on first and second, then a wild pitch second and third, no outs. Fucking great. Yankees have a two, one lead at this point. And uh, to me, that was on, that was, that was just clearly on Boone. He got spooked by Alex Cora's little bullshit. Um, he made, and then, and then he, he was forced to make three pitching changes as opposed to just making zero, which just, which would have been the answer. You let Clay Holmes face Travis Shaw. If, if, if Travis Shaw goes yard, okay, dude, like, am I, will there be a sect of fans mad at Aaron Boone for that? Probably will like most fans be mad. No, you just saw what you just saw what Clay, uh, Clay Holmes did the inning prior, uh, the collective, the collective, uh, the, the response to that was, why are we doing this? Why, why don't just leave him in? Um, so then that happens. And, uh, um, then the pop-ups, then Chad green comes in. Gets the one strikeout, another generous Joe West call, but everyone we'll, we'll get into Joe West in a second because Red Sox fans. Oh, yes, we will. Yeah, Joe West, uh, Red Sox fans had no fucking problem when Eduardo Rodriguez got three free strikeouts on awful strike three calls. Um, but then when a few calls don't go, hey, I'd be mad too. But anyway, Joe West, generous <laughs> strike three call to Kike Hernandez, sits him down two outs. Kyle Schwarber comes to the plate. Chad Green, susceptible to the home run ball. What are we going to do? How are your butt cheeks feeling? Very tight. Um, and he gets him to pop up to the third base side on the first pitch in foul territory inning over. Nope. Clanks off DJ's glove. Can't make the play. How? I don't know. A few pitches later pops one up into shallow left field Gallo on the run. Who's going to get it. It kind of looked like you didn't know who was going to get it because no one was really moving except Gallo was like going at 60% speed. Like is somebody else going to get this? Am I going to get this? Yep. I'm going to get this. I guess runs in. Clanks off the glove, bounces around in center field. Verdugo scores. Red Sox take a 3-2 lead. Schwarber thrown out at second. Great. So now we're talking about pitching changes that shouldn't have happened. Defensive gaffes that are now killing Chad Green's confidence after he's managed to throw uh, what what ended up being his his third clean um, frame in a row after all the, the shit that he's dealt with. Um. And we were ready to the, the the torches and pitchforks were out for Aaron Boone. In my opinion, that was it. And then the fortunes changed. All I asked for heading into this series, and I want you to recap this part because you're definitely a better storyteller than I am. But all I have asked for heading into this series, I didn't ask for a sweep. I just asked for, can we please, please just get after this is the I think the 17th best ERA in MLB collectively, the 18th best starters ERA. And like the, the 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 15th best relievers ERA, not good. We have a collection of arguably the best hitters in the league on paper, not statistically based on what's happened this year. Can we just attack one of these starters early? Can we just abuse the bullpen twice? That would be cool. 
Yankees go ahead and do the job. They destroy Nathan Eovaldi in game one. They tattoo the bullpen in the next two games to get the series sweep. So I got what I asked for. Um, Like I said, heading into this series, and obviously with these next six games, the Yankees could turn around all of the bad stuff that they've done for the last five and a half months. And they started that off on the best possible foot with this series sweep, doing what I had politely asked for them to do. Um, And here we are, top of the eighth inning. Changes the whole game uh, with uh, who let off the inning? Uh, Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela with the walk, yep. And then Um, then came Galloway. The the top of the eighth inning doesn't happen in May. It doesn't happen in June. It it probably doesn't happen in July. I don't know if there's a Yankee season in recent years where it happens. They apparently swept a three-game series at Fenway in May 2015, uh, that's the most recent time that happened before this weekend. You'll have to forgive me. I don't remember that. Mm-mm. The 2015 Red Sox were bad. The 2015 Yankees were the most boring Yankee playoff team of my entire lifetime. Uh, they collapsed down the stretch because they quite literally had no bodies left. I guess at some point during May 2015, they were remarkably comp- competent. I don't remember that. So we're in the top of the eighth. Um, the New York Yankees have just... Sure, the strike zone was expanded to Kike Hernandez a little bit, um, but you, the drop DJ pop-up to keep the at-bat going, the dropped Joey Gallo fly ball to score the run, they really got lucky getting Kyle Schwarber at second. Who knows how much further that spirals if they yeah. don't make the good uh, cutoff relay mm-hmm. throw there. But two of the worst plays you'll ever see have given the Red Sox a 3-2 lead. The Yankees were playing with house money on Sunday night for many reasons. We were being rational and reasonable. All they had to do at the start of the nine-game stretch was go six and three. That was probably good enough for a playoff spot. Again, hosting the wild card game felt like an impossible goal, considering the Red Sox leave this series and go play the two worst teams in baseball. On the road, sure. Uh, no John Means. Ridiculous. Embarrassing. That's insane. Major League Baseball should investigate that. The Orioles had an off day to work with, and they decided to start John Means against the Texas Rangers. I- I'm just that, – that's something they did. They chose to do that. That's, you, do you want to play spoiler or not? That's all, that's all I'm saying. So they're going to throw some 70 RA guys against the uh, Red Sox, and that's great. I hope they have a good time. So the Red Sox are most likely going to win the next six games. So Red Sox fans panicking, um, you know, they, they're going to have to it's, – it's tough to ground yourselves after what you just saw, I, I understand. But you mm-hmm. are going to have to ground yourselves because it's still much, much, much more likely that you host the wild card game than we do. I understand. All that aside, the top of the eighth inning on Sunday – All the Yankees had to do was take two out of three to be satisfied with the series. But once they take the first two and then do what they did in the bottom of the seventh, you can feel your blood boiling. You can feel the takes rejuvenating from deep within your system. You try to divorce yourself emotionally and say they already did exactly what I told them to do. But wait, that was just so painful and so embarrassing. How can I possibly be satisfied with that? Gio Rochelle against Garrett Richards. Gio Rochelle works a walk. Tyler Wade comes in. 3-1 3-1 pitch to DJ LeMahieu. Richards has lost his zone completely. He's been a really effective reliever. He's terrible in this game. Not throwing strikes. The 3-1 pitch, Tyler Wade is running. Strike right down the middle. Throw to second. Wade slows up on his way to second base. Forgets to slide. Tries to get the foot in there. Almost safe. Almost. Isn't. He's probably out. I, I think the replay showed it's inconclusive to out. It's no, There's nothing that's going to get you to overturn that call. And ostensibly at this point, Tyler Wade has pulled a 2021 Yankees against the Red Sox. He's done it again. This is what the Yankees do against their rivals. 3-2 game in the eighth. Need that run. Wade going on a weird pitch. Ends up getting thrown out on a ridiculous play. In the aftermath of the postgame, Aaron Boone said Wade thought there was a foul ball at the plate. Why would he think that? Uh, why, why wouldn't would he... you? What does that matter? I don't understand what that matters. Just finish. What are we talking about? Yeah, I don't understand. Went right into the catcher's glove uh, yeah. for strike two. I, I don't know. But Tyler Wade ostensibly runs the Yankees out of that inning, right? Mm-hmm. And then DJ LeMahieu walks. And then Anthony Rizzo rockets a 115-plus mile-an-hour line drive into the gap for a double. And all I am at that point is angry that Tyler Wade's no yeah. longer on the bases. <laughs> well, second to so- third, one out for Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And I'm pre-mad because the game should be tied. It should be second and third, no outs. 3-3. We should be in prime position, but we're still losing. And when you're still losing a game, you should be tied. That usually doesn't end well, especially for the Yankees and especially not at Fenway Park. Aaron Judge is at bat here. Adam Adovino comes in. I don't know if you... Thomas, do you remember that guy? He used to be on the Rockies. Um, I think he was in the AL East at some point. Do you remember Adam Adovino at all? Adam Adovino, yeah. The guy who throws that slider, I think. 
the guy who's in the Hall of Fame because he got yeah. Babe Ruth out. I, th- I feel like I'm mixing stories up, but Adam Ottavino comes in. Uh, he tunnels righties. That's what he does, by the way. His, uh, his nasty slider ends up in the other batter's box. So he's a real tough matchup for righties. So second and third one out, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo stand up. I mean, he, he is the guy you want. Um, and again, the Yankees should have t- already tied the game. The game should have still been 2-2 because these pop-outs should have been caught. Uh, the game should maybe still be 2-1 because Joely Rodriguez shouldn't be in the game. And if you're trying to get Boston to burn bench pieces, you should probably bring in Wandy Peralta, who gets lefties and righties out. And mm-hmm. Joely Rodriguez gets killed by righties. I don't really know why this is the move in any scenario. It, it should be 2-1 Yankees. It should be 2-2. It should be 3-3. It's none of those. It's still 3-2. And Ottavino's in. And how many times have we seen Judge flail on a slider low and away, especially from a guy like Ottavino? And he gets him to go on the 1-1, swinging a ball in another batter's box. And it's 1-2. Now two strikes on Judge, and Adovino starts pumping fastballs. And now I'm already confused. Why? You just got him to flail at the slider, expand the zone a little more, fastball up and in. Judge pops it up, first baseline. Bobby Dahlbeck has room to make the catch. Doesn't make the catch. Just doesn't make the catch. Has room, doesn't make the catch. Uh, At that point, you must catch these runners in. Yes. But Aaron Judge doesn't. He strikes out. Uh, he struck out on a on another fastball, um, foul tipped it into the glove of Christian Vasquez. <clears throat> now Christian Vasquez, as Red Sox media personality Lou Merloni pointed out, loves to do a flashy, quick throw back to the pitcher on strikeouts. You noticed when he threw out Tyler Wade, he made it all about him. He yeah. walked to the mound for some reason. He peacocked because he threw out a guy who didn't slide at second base. He was so excited to throw out a guy who didn't slide at second base. Christian Vasquez in the middle of a last place season last year in the Yankees dugout after getting four games swept by New York said, well, I still have my ring, so I'm happy. You know, I still got that. Uh, Okay. Okay. Christian Vasquez loves him some Christian Vasquez. So Christian Vasquez wanted to get the ball out of his hand quickly, wanted to pump it back to the pitcher, wanted to do a little celebration after getting a huge strike out of Aaron Judge. Drops the baseball. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Joe West saw something we love. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I got to take this call, but remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Welcome back to the Go Yard podcast. I'll toss it to you to talk about the Christian Vasquez drop because, uh, look, this is, this is easy, right? Ball, ball's on the ground. Joe yeah. West is an old man. Uh, it's the wrong call. He, he definitely recorded the strike out there. Uh, the, he, he drops the ball in the transfer. Uh, the ball was in his glove. The ball ends up on the floor. But I ask you, is it the worst? Is it the worst missed call? Is it really the worst missed call? Because why on earth is he transferring there? Right? The why do you transfer? I don't Squeeze know. it tight. So Joe West sees the ball on the ground yeah. and wonders why. Mm-hmm. Why I, is I the mean, ball on the ground? I was watching it live and I thought he dropped it. In I thought real, he dropped it too. In real time, you would think he dropped. Is it the wrong call? It absolutely is the wrong call. Should it have been reviewed? I don't know why that's not a play that can be reviewed. Don't ask me. Uh, it's part of the rules uh, that people were saying that Alex Cora was asleep and not challenging. You saw him make the call, and then you saw him to tell the play to continue. Um, so obviously, he somebody either told at, at that moment before you knew anything, he was either told we can't review that or he dropped the ball here we go. Um, but he very much caught the ball. Don't know why he's trying to do a quick exchange. Like you said, um, that in my opinion, for as bad as Joe West is, look, we don't like Joe West. He's bad. He's not a good umpire. He's especially not a good home plate umpire, but I don't know how you're supposed to make that call accurately in real time with the stakes that high. He tipped the ball. It went to the glove. And then the next thing he sees is Christian Vasquez going to pick up the ball off the dirt. That would indicate that it was a foul tip. Um, so judge, gets now the second life of this at bat 
And that's where, that's where, you know, you're going to pay. And it, honestly, if, if judge didn't make them pay, then that's an indictment on him because you can't let these opportunities slip, especially in a game like this, especially against a rival like this rips a fastball dead center, uh, double scores, two runs. Yankees take a four, three lead. He's flipping out on second base, celebrating dislocated his pinky in the process. Uh, medical team comes out. Aaron Boone came out to talk to him. Apparently they popped it back in place is what he said in the post game. Um, also mentioned that it wasn't a big deal because he doesn't need his pinky to hit. So I guess that's good news if that were to bother him down uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, but botched exchange, Christian Vasquez, hothead dude, maybe just catch the ball and hang out and enjoy the moment instead of, you know, like you said, peacocking after throwing out a runner who beat him and Tyler Wade just took it upon, oh, foul ball, so I just won't steal. Um Bad I do want to take a, I want to pause here though. And do, I do want to talk about Alex Cora's role in this play because look, it was unchallengeable. Absolutely. So yeah. everybody who's screaming that Alex Cora should challenge. No, he shouldn't, but this is a hugely pivotal play in the game. And if you've been in Yankees, Red Sox at any point in your life, and he has, he cheated his way through 2018 Yankees, Red Sox. And he was there in 2019 <laughs> too. Um, he's been in this rivalry for a while. He, he's the only Red Sox. I really hate, honestly, seriously, I don't have positive feelings about anybody on the roster, but he's the, he is the center of our hatred, which is such a bizarre feeling. Alex Cora is supposedly a, supposedly some sort of brain genius. He single-handedly flip-flopped both Saturday and Sunday's game. So I do just want to stop and slow down and talk about exactly how efficiently Alex Cora worked to ruin both of these games. Yeah. The Christian Vasquez dropped transfer and what have you and whatnot is a killer missed call. It's awful. It's the kind of thing that can throw a game off the rails. But you know what a manager does there? Stops the game. Yells at West. Brings Vasquez into a huddle with Joe West. Screams at him. Gets ejected. Cora realized he couldn't challenge and just sat in the dugout and did nothing. You make it a moment to give your pitcher some time to breathe after he just struck out Aaron Judge and got it taken away from him. Pause the game. End the momentum. Make your point known. Cora does nothing, and Adovino has to go right back out to the mound and blows it immediately. Immediately. Judge has three chances. Cora can't do anything to stop the game after the Bobby Dahlbeck pop-up. He's not going to go yell at Bobby Dahlbeck. But he has every right as a manager to stop that game on the Vasquez play and go, what the fuck did you see? Because I saw a clear transfer. Anyway, doesn't do that, doesn't do anything, and the game spirals out of control. Out of control. I want to take us back to Saturday only briefly to say that it was also Alex Cora's fault. Two outs, nobody on in the eighth, 2-1 baseball game. Cora uh, watches Tanner Houck walk uh, Brett Gardner and Aaron Judge back-to-back. Great take by Judge on the Houck slider in the dirt. First and second, two outs. Lefty Anthony Rizzo coming up. He goes with – he doesn't have Josh Taylor, who ends up getting a back injury and getting an MRI. So he goes with lefty Darwins and Hernandez. Should be fully aware of the three-batter rule at this point. Although A-Rod said Aaron Boone needed to confer with the umpires to talk out the three-batter rule at some point on Sunday, which I don't think so. He's been managing for 155 games. I, I believe that he knows the three-batter rule at this point. But Alex Cora should should know the rule, should, should certainly know the rule. Uh, brings in Darwin and Hernandez, the lefty, to get Anthony Rizzo specifically, knowing full well if he doesn't, either the game will be tied or the bases will be loaded with Giancarlo Stanton against a bad lefty. Darwin and Hernandez throws an electric fastball, doesn't have much else. Well, at least he'll get the lefty, right? At least he'll get Rizzo. He is the, he is the advantage there. Um, no. Anthony Rizzo against lefties in 2021 is hitting 326 with a 401 OBP. And 220 with a 326 OBP against righties. The odds are in Tanner Houck's favor more so than Darwin's and Hernandez's. He walks Rizzo and bangs him in the leg with a ball four pitch. And then Cora comes out and starts talking to his pitcher. Uh, and the Red Sox booth starts bloviating about, about what a genius Cora is and how this is managing. And Dennis Eckersley say, that reminds you when a manager used to be a manager or something ridiculous like that. And on the first pitch to Stanton, longest grand slam you've ever seen. So Cora stops the proceedings uh, to let his pitcher wallow in his own mistake on Saturday 
and it bites him. And on Sunday, he refuses to give his pitcher a breather, doesn't stop the action, and immediately judge double. And then Thomas Carinante, Giancarlo Stanton hits the cherry on top home run, two run shot on Adovino's slider, the worst slider you'll ever see. He'll never throw a worse slider in his life. This ball is on the lands down street. This ball is embedded in someone's forehead at the cask and flag. And someone hitting on a woman at a bar turned around with a baseball in their skull because of how hard that ball was hit. 6-3, ball in the road. And from that point, ostensibly, um, you know, every Yankee fan knows the game is nowhere near over. The Red Sox blew another key chance in the eighth and had a shot to get the tying run up in the ninth. Didn't do either of those because the universe had turned against them in that moment. Matt Vaskersen said before the Stanton home run, and this thing could really spiral. And once again, every nervous Yankee fan who's been to a ton of Yankee Red Sox games at Fenway Park and is watching them all goes, there's no way it's going to spiral. He's going to get him. It's going to be 4-3 into the ninth. Chapman's going to be sweating bullets. And then lo and behold, it actually spiraled because this series was different. It was so different. And uh, quick, quick note on Giancarlo Stanton career against the Red Sox, 48 games, batting 287 with an 898 OPS, 10 home runs, 33 RBIs, 25 runs scored. He's also has, he also has a 10 doubles and a triple to add in there. Um, So he certifiably owns the Red Sox. Um, There is no criticizing Giancarlo Stanton. Um, He has a reprieve on that. Doesn't really matter what he does the rest of the way or in the postseason, um, unless he just doesn't swing the bat. Um, Because what he's done in August and September, which historically are his best, best months as a major league player, has turned everything around for this team. I will give Judge I mean, I, I will give Judge Judge deserves all the credit in the world for taking advantage of those extra lives he's gotten at the plate. But to me, Stanton's hit was even bigger because if you've watched any of the 2021 Yankees, taking the lead is not the answer for this team. Having a one-run lead going go and needing six outs after that on the road against one of your most hated rivals is, is not really a lead. And we saw that in the seventh inning when it was two to one. So the Yankees needed insurance. Giancarlo Stanton knew that. Giancarlo Stanton is becoming more and more aggressive it's incredible watching him be more and more aggressive as the days go by we've seen him we were complaining back when the entire team was taking fastballs in may and june we're just like why or just taking strikes and you see that it's a strike coming out of the pitcher's hand like you know um confusing how that was characterized the first few months of the season now john carlos stanton is hopping on the first pitch he's done it the last he's he did it the last two nights Two pitches, two home runs, uh, six RBIs, boom. Yankees take commanding leads in both of those games. Yankees win both of those games. Um, And then, of course, leave it to Red Sox fans to, look, I know the Joe West call happened, guys. I know it happened, and I know it changed the complexion of the game. Bad call. Bad call, but you're forgetting Stanton, who's been automatic in this series with two outs, with runners on, with anything. You really think an extra out there would have changed, it would have flipped the script for Giancarlo Stanton? Okay, fine. He doesn't hit a three-run homer, but he probably hits a two-run single or a two-run double, and then there's two outs, and he's on second, or he's still on base, and the Yankees still have the lead. I know it somewhat changes the complexion of the game, but, like, you know, the worst possible outcome happened because it's also your fault. Like, you also can't let that happen. So, at some point, you have to accept some of the blame for allowing it has has urgent said to spiral absolutely out of control. And you did that two nights in a row um, when the game was on the line. So I'm going to be an asshole here too. do it. Be an asshole. Ready? Um, the, the Red Sox got the game stolen from them by Joe West. The, the stolen game. How did you earn the, the stolen lead game in that, that you game? were given? Yeah. The how did you earn yeah. the lead in that game, Boston? Uh, uh, because I believe it was a drop pop-up foul and a drop fly ball in the middle of left field. That's the win you earned that you needed to get the umpire to protect you. Give me a break. Give me a break. You did nothing to earn the lead and you got the lead taken away from you. Giancarlo Stanton did more at the plate to earn the lead than you did to get it in the top of the inning. So that's that you almost got a present and then you got it taken away from you. And whether judge had struck out or not, Stanton was up next. And you're, are you going to walk him to load the bases for Joey Gallo? You might, you might do that. I don't know if you do that. I I don't think that you do. Um, And Stanton went and took it. And, And by the way, how many great teams have benefited from taking advantage of their opponent's mistakes and taking advantage of breaks. That's how baseball works. You know, we, there's, Aaron Judge can still strike out again after that drop ball. Just because Joe West's weird judgment call happens does not mean you still don't have a chance to strike out Aaron Judge. It's as simple as that. 
You got a gift in the top of the inning, and then we got a gift in the bottom of the inning. I wouldn't feel good if I were you either. No, I'm not going to say you should feel amazing, but what the hell did you do to earn that lead? Absolutely nothing, and then we took it away. Yeah, absolutely nothing to earn the lead. You want to really talk about that? They had 11 hits, 10 of which were singles. They went two for 11 with runners in scoring position. They left eight runners on base. So, And then you look at the Yankees, who cashed in on every opportunity, four for five with runners in scoring position. They had a multitude of extra base hits. They got it. They got the two out RBI from DJ LeMahieu. So that the Yankees and look, I have been shitting on the Yankees all year for not coming through in big moments for leaving opportunities out there to just wither away and die and then kill all the momentum possible. The Yankees took every opportunity in stride here and did the most they could possibly do with it. The Red Sox did absolutely nothing. They were trying to they were trying to cling to a one run lead that was given to them because of Aaron Boone shitting his pants and players forgetting how to play defense. And then you're going to blame Joe West on a call that doesn't even end the inning. If it ended the inning, we're having a completely different conversation, completely different conversation. I also believe I may be wrong, but I believe that Joe West is the one who took Jose Altuve's home run off the board in the 2018 ALCS he did. in right field, a call that I still don't understand, and a call that propelled the Red Sox to a World Series run. Jose Altuve homered. Mookie Betts went into the stands and dropped it. It was called not a home run because Joe West didn't feel like giving him a home run. <laughs> I hate the Astros. I, you, folks, breaking news. I don't like the Houston Astros, but... This was a ball was in the stands and Mookie Betts crashed into a fan and Joe West was just like, it's not a home run because, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I just don't think it's a home run. Um, so you've gotten gifts from Joe West during world series runs. This is a, a, an, this is a regular season game that we took from you after we were given an opportunity to, and again, you face the Orioles and nationals. After this, I saw Mike Shore, the producer of many of Brooklyn nine, nine in the office, who is a huge Red Sox fan. He tweets under Ken tremendous was just tweeting incessantly about some ball, the ball strike called a Kike Hernandez and was captioning his tweet by talking about how, again, this is a strike that's going to determine who has home field advantage in the wild card game. And the team that loses is either going to not have home field advantage or might in fact go home altogether. Mike, not true, buddy. Not true at all. You face the two worst teams in baseball because the schedule gods are on your side. You're going to be fine. The Yankees are the ones who needed this, and the Yankees proved that by taking it once they were given a chance to take it. Yeah, and let's let's also not forget, I understand it's later in the season. The stakes are higher. Missed calls now hurt more than ever. But let's rewind. When the Yankees started 0-7 against the Red Sox, and we had a very similar argument and and uh crybaby situation when Rubnet Odor was called out on strikes in the bottom of the ninth in on a pitch that was four feet outside that would have loaded the bases again Not even close and it ended the inning so a worse judgment call than Joe West very Joe much West saw, Joe West saw a ball on the ground and called it a, a drop yes um so the Red Sox who had a 7-0 lead on this team that was propelled by bad umpiring and bad play on the road at Yankee Stadium, swept the Yankees on Sunday Night Baseball in in that one as well. Um, fumbled the bag and go nine and three against the Yankees in the next twelve. So don't tell me you didn't have opportunities to take advantage of uh, of anything. You've had very minimal injuries this year. Your starting rotation and bullpen have overperformed. Um, and then the and then it just finally came full circle. I said this at the begin at the All Star break. I said, "Don't be surprised if the second half doesn't go your way because the first half was ridiculous in so many ways in terms of how you were succeeding, how wins were falling into your lap. The worst part of your season came in the form of a three game sweep in the opening series against the Baltimore Orioles, and then it was like nothing happened after that." Nothing bad happened until until after the trade deadline, um, when the Yankees went thirteen and one, and you blew a ten game or ten game lead over the course of how, how six weeks or whatever it was. So the second half is just evening out, just like life does. We talk about it all the time. We talk a lot of life on this podcast and how things yeah, just life pod. yeah, it's just things are not going to go s- tremendously well for you. You're not going to be having the greatest time every single day of your life. And you're also not going to be having the worst time every single day of your life. The Red Sox had the opportunity to step on the Yankees throats. And we'll be the first ones to say that because how many times have the Yankees had any opportunity to step on anybody's throat and they let them go. Like it's 
some fucking crazy action movie where the, it's it's like John Wick, dude. They can't fucking hmm. they can never kill anybody. He just comes back and, and keeps keeps screwing everybody over in the end. So I watched this happen. The Red Sox had a 7-0 advantage and then went three and nine in their last 12 against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And you're going to complain about the final game of this not going your way. There were 18 other games. And you had and like there were two, oh, we'll, we'll even boil it down. There were there were 11 other games after you had a 7-0 lead. So to complain about the Joe West call to also like get mad at Yankee fans for being happy. A call actually went in their favor after we had the baseline issue against the Rays. Then we had the baseline issue against the Mets in that game. Uh, umpires just changing their mind for no reason and not reviewing anything. So everybody is the victim of bad calls. Um, I, you have every right to be mad today, but, but th- this isn't going to define your season. And if it does, then that's more of an indictment on you being al- unable to get by this um, mentally. Uh, so we got a break. We got a one game lead. You have the easiest schedule in MLB history to end the season. So I, I think the trade off is actually not too bad. Yeah, you're going to go six and zero down the stretch. You'll be fine. If you don't go six and zero down the stretch, it's the upset of the century. That's why you have to savor these moments when they come, Yankee fans, because this was awesome and it might not end so awesome. And I don't think anyone's getting a swelled head and thinking that the 0-7 starting against the Red Sox didn't happen. It obviously happened. That's why you have to savor these ridiculous wins when they come your way, especially because the bounces don't always go your way. That we, How many times have we seen second and third one out, Judge and Stanton up, and the runs don't score? A trillion times. The Red Sox had every opportunity to prevent it, though, and they were every single time they were faced with Giancarlo Stanton in this series, things went our way. Yep. That's just, that's what happened. Uh, it can lead to, I mean, it, you know, you, you know, make your eyes bleed. If you're a Red Sox fan, wondering why you're not giving him balls out of the zone. Why is everything in the heart of the plate? Why is that slider so misexecuted? I don't know, but it was about damn time. And Stanton went out and got what he earned. Uh, he deserved all the adulation for this series. Just crazy that we're talking so much about, uh, you know, the final game of the series. And for obvious reasons, you know, that it makes, Total sense that we're fixated on it because that was an all-time classic baseball game. And you could not, I don't think you could have told me that on Sunday morning that after the first two of that series, like wait until you see the third one. This yeah. one's going to be absolutely balls to the wall. Like that was an all-time game. Saturday was an all-time game. I have never, I haven't felt like I felt after that Stanton Grand Slam in so long. People mm-hmm. were debating um, most important regular season home runs in, in recent Yankees history. I think that Stanton is the clear winner following maybe the A-Rod 15-inning two-run shot to beat the Red Sox in that in that momentum-turning mm-hmm. home series at Yankee Stadium in 2009. But the only reason I say that is because I know that Yankees team went on to win the World Series. Yeah. If you're talking objectively without knowing the end result, I mean, it's hard to beat this one. It, 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 like, the Bucky Dan homer is a regular season tiebreaker. Like, in terms of, you know, one-upping your rival at the moment of an inflection point, I, I don't know how anything could be more impactful than this. And then we're ignoring, again, a game where staying in a three-run homer into the bullpen and mm-hmm. broke the Red Sox yellow jersey luck on Friday night. And they were up 7-0, and then it was 7-3. Devers homered, and, and Glaber immediately homers in the center field. Mm-hmm. When does that happen? That That's the tide completely turning. The, the Red Sox had all the momentum in the world and three full innings against a weird Yankees bullpen to make it happen, and Glaber immediately homers to the dead center field. That is ridiculous. What a ridiculous series. The Yankees swept the Red Sox at Fenway Park in a three-game set. Apparently, they did that back in 2015. I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Yankees have ever swept the Red Sox in a three-game set where the Red Sox wore three different home jerseys. That has never happened, right? (laughs) Look it up. I I don't know when it would have happened um, unless there weren't some creepy like t-shirts back in the 1920s. The Red Sox were so excited by sweeping the Orioles and Mets entering Friday's game Mm -hmm. that they petitioned major league baseball to let them wear the yellow one-time use only jerseys in the playoffs. And MLB said, yes, how confident they were. And MLB said, yes, yes. My God. Um, Let's, let's go back to Friday really quickly. Uh, Nathan Yavaldi, who's dominated the Yankees ever since he stepped foot in Boston gives up seven earned and two and a third. Like we said, Stanton broke that open. Um, but I also want to kind of allude to the fact here that I'm just going to keep drilling this in your head about Red Sox fans, about why the blown call just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, because you had the edge in the first pitching matchup. I don't care what you say, because 
Nathan Eovaldi is much better against the Yankees than Garrett Cole is against the Red Sox. Um, and Nathan Eovaldi picked the worst time to have the worst start of his season. He did. He gives up three in the first and then four in the third. And then at that point, like it's not happening. You're allowing Garrett Cole to kind of operate on cruise control, be more patient with his selection, take his time on the mound. Um, and Hey Yankees, how much have we, how, how many times have you been asking for that? Just like an early lead for some of your best pitchers. So the pressure is off and they could pitch more relaxed and the results are always better. Um, so you have that on Friday night with your best pitcher who leads the, who led the AL and in, in, in FIP, by the way, coming into this one, you let that happen. Cy Young candidate. Cy Young candidate. And then you spoil a Nick Pavetta gem. He goes five and a third, gives up one on 90 pitches. He had no business doing that. But if any team's going to let him do that, it's, yeah. the new, it's the New York Yankees. He then, did it. Yeah, he did it. Then, then Tanner Houck and Darwin's and Hernandez, whatever happened there, happened there. Um, and then on Sunday night, again, Taylor made Eduardo Rodriguez, who's owned the Yankees this year. I still don't understand why it goes five innings allows two strikes out eight, two or three of which should not have been strikeouts, but he got them struck out eight batters. You got the start you needed from a guy who has no business, but he has a five ERA coming into this one, four, nine, seven ERA coming into this one has no business pitching like this against the Yankees does it again. Anyway, for the, uh, the fourth time this year, because one of his other outings is only an inning long. Um, so mm-hmm. get to get, you get exactly what you need. You let Jordan Montgomery battle you down, down as, as hard as he possibly can. And the Yankees have a fairly well-rested bullpen. So like you had the chances to get after Montgomery. He was giving up hard contact in the fourth and the fifth. And then Garrett Richards, is that the guy who's coming in? You know, like, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I haven't watched enough Red Sox this year, but th- again, this is what I allude to about everything else. Just take advantage of the bullpen. This is not a good bullpen. I understand Alex Cora has pressed a lot of buttons and has put guys in the right situations, but overall the talent's not there. The, 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 the roles are largely not there. Um, we, we saw ha- uh, Hansel Robles in the series, Garrett Richards, Adam Adovino, Ryan Brazier, Darwin's Hernandez, Tanner Houck. Like I don't, uh, Matt Barnes, Martin Perez, uh, Ryan Brazier was good. Yeah, Ryan Brazier was good, but like at that point, it didn't matter. Uh, Hirokazu Sawamura, like a lot of, a lot of, if I don't know, I, I don't, I can't be overly critical because I don't watch enough of the Red Sox, but it, that seems like questionable use to me. Sawamura is a pretty good arm. Matt Barnes is certainly better than these other guys. Why did they come in in the we first game? For one this, inning? We, we yeah, saw him yeah, for one inning. Sawamura came in for two and a third, and that was it in the first game. And then Matt Barnes comes in for one. And then you have a three, two lead on Sunday in order to salvage this entire thing. And then you go to Garrett Richards and Adam Ottavino. I, I just don't know uh, both, but I mean, Ottavino's uh, ERA went over a four after that, but Garrett Richards, I know he's been better in the bullpen, but he's still not that good of a pitcher and Adam Ottavino against his former team. I know like you can only test your luck trying to play, tr- trying to mind fuck your opponent. Uh, I, I think Alex Cora should know that at this point. He won the first mind fuck. Then he goes for the second one, trying to bring Ottavino out there to punk the Yankees again. You know that's not going to happen again. He already did it. How many times did he do it earlier in the season? Like two or three? Um, September Ottavino is just a different guy. And exactly. So August Ottavino. Yeah. It, it's it's insane. Yeah. He, he hadn't allowed a home run this year until September 4th. Now he's allowed three. Jesus. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, but anyway, all I'm trying to say is you're going to boil this down to one call, which once again, this is, this is America. This is 2021. Feel your feelings. Get in there. Try to dissect everything. But I'm dissecting it for you. And I'm telling you that you shouldn't be that mad because there was countless opportunities for you to pre, during, pre, pre before the game started and while they were being played to take advantage of these situations. And you fumbled it every single time. Your best starter gave his worst performance of the season. The bullpen management in game two was off the wall. Same thing for for game three, the hit the, the timely hits were not there. Guys were clearly not putting forth. Like Chad Green was dealing. Chad Green has been a pinata for a good portion of this year, and the Red Sox kind of let him kind of let him boss them around. So, if once again, if the the call is not what's at question here, it's a question of you had a soft schedule coming into this, then you faced a good team who was who was fighting with their backs against the wall. They kind of stuck it to you and you didn't really have any fight back. You were, you were banking on the win after two errors and bad managing. 
and a one run lead to, to, to salvage uh, uh, not getting swept. The, the issue's on you. If you're, if you're, if you're blaming the blame MLB for not being able to review that, that's fine. Don't blame Joe West for seeing the ball on the ground after a foul tip on strike three, which is the least of your worries. I loved almost every second of this series. Uh, and again, I'm not making sweeping proclamations. I'm oh. not saying that the Yankees are, are going to rampage to the world series. I thought their season was over when they lost to Cleveland last week. They had an impossible task ahead of them trying to, I mean, trying to take two out of three in all of these series is going to be really, really tough obviously, but sweeping the Red Sox is almost unheard of. So we're already ahead of the pace that we set for ourselves mentally. And that's amazing because the Blue Jays are giving you Ryu, Berrios, and Robbie Ray. They are coming at you with the very best that they have. Ryu's been on the IL for a little while. He's coming back. The Blue Jays are certifiably scary. They are doubling capacity at their home stadium for this series. They are not going to make it easy on you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. George Springer has a terrible OPS in September. That does not matter. He's a playoff performer. He will be ready. This will be another dogfight. What a perfectly timed Monday off day. Get Glaber Torres right after Giancarlo Stanton smacked him in the head and made him dizzy. That actually happened. Get Aaron Judge's pinky right. Maybe Joey Gallo's leg hurts too. The Yankees had three injuries in the eighth thing. It certainly did not come at a zero-sum cost mm-hmm. to them, as Red Sox fans would like you to believe, that we got everything and they got nothing. Three of our players got hurt in that inning. It cost a lot to take the damn lead back, but we did it. God bless us. The Tampa Bay Rays will face us in the final series of the Yankee Stadium. They are fighting the Astros for home field advantage throughout the postseason. They play each other this week, but they have enough of a lead that one win against the Astros might get her done and convince them to at least subconsciously take their foot off the gas pedal in the final series of Yankee Stadium. Bench players, rest them? No. The Rays hate us. They want to win baseball games. But any time that a game is relatively meaningless in the grand scheme of things, perhaps it might convince the Rays mentally to check out a little bit in a moment where they otherwise would be completely locked in. That's all you can hope for because these next six are going to be tough as hell. The Red Sox next six are going to be as easy as humanly possible. But again, in conclusion... If we do survive the gauntlet and if we do make the postseason and if that does mean a wild card game at Fenway Park, I am holding my head a little bit higher entering that do or die terrifying game than I would have been even two weeks ago because the 2021 Yankees did the near impossible at Fenway this weekend and Joe West is partially to think but really truly only partially because they had already taken two without his help, and they were maybe about to take a third off the bat of Giancarlo Stanton. Anyway, what a goddamned performance! Absolutely incredible. One more, one more thing, Red Sox fans. You scored, you scored a total of uh, six runs off our starters in just over fifteen innings, um, and you largely failed to hit the bullpen. You got two earned runs there, and one of them came when uh, I think it was the Dalback Homer against Chapman when it was five to two. Um, so once again, didn't, didn't do enough here to justify whining about one bad call that didn't go in your favor. Um, and that's all I got for you today. If you want to talk, you can hit me up. We'll, we'll, we'll really discuss through all this, but um, the tables have turned and rightfully so, because things were not going to go your way the entire year and complain about all the extenuating circumstances you want. You had a seven Oh lead here. You shit the bed. We'd be whining and crying about we we'd be crying about how the Yankees blew this. I'm sure we would be we'd be mad about Joe West if this was us. But once again, we'd be looking back to runners in scoring position, shitty defensive plays, bad pitching changes. That's what we always do. That's what we did in the Red Sox series when they had the bad call against Odor. So start taking personal responsibility for your players' poor efforts. Thank you. I'd absolutely be mad at the Joe West call, but I was mad at the Odor call. But again, baseball, long season. We lost the game because of a similarly bad call. And I have not heard a single Red Sox fan mention that and be rational at all and go, well, I guess it evens out. We got a free win at Yankee Stadium. They got this because they literally got a free win after the Odor strike. They got a free guy on second base yes. and Xander Bogarts knocked him in. Yep. We had to, you know, Giancarlo Stan had to come up and rip a baseball after this bad call. They could have gotten Judge and didn't. They had a chance to get Judge, didn't retire him. They had chances to beat up runners on the corners. Bobby Dahlbeck's the tying run at the plate against Chad Green. All Chad Green does is give up game-tying home runs. 
strikes him out. Um, you know, Jose Iglesias, who's not who the Red Sox got for free, by the way. Why are you allowed to pick people up on September 9th? Former All Stars. Why are those guys free on September 5th? They shouldn't be. Um, but he's not going to be on the playoff roster anyway because of the rules of baseball, which is good. I wonder if the Red Sox will ask for a religious exemption to get Jose Iglesias on the postseason roster. Could be interesting. Um, but what a series. We, we had to go deep, folks. We had to go deep um, because there has never been there has never been a time ever, 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 ever in recent years where life is more insane and things have tipped more in our favor than this. This is an historic moment for the world of baseball. I am going to wrap this up on that note. I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. You can find Thomas on Twitter as well. You can find us at Yanks Go Yard FS. You can find us as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry, I'm just so giddy. Uh, Thomas Carinante, what are your handles? Hit me up at Tommy's underscore takes uh, and head on over to yanksyard.com. We got plenty of stuff, residual stuff coming out from this Red Sox series. There's a lot of stuff we may have missed in the, or you may have missed in the post game last night. It was a late night for all. Um, also some other things in between that we're touching on. And then we big series against the Blue Jays guys series far from over. We're on the record acknowledging that. So we are enjoying the Boston tears right now. Very much we deserve it after what we went through for the first two, three months of this year. So we're going to take the day off to enjoy that, but it's back to work. Series far from over. Two AL uh, contenders coming up in the Blue Jays and the Rays. Got to take care of business here. We'll be talking to you on Wednesday, hopefully after the sixth straight win. That'd be uh, seventh straight win. That'd be sick. It's not over, but oh boy, that was fun. We'll see you on Wednesday. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know. There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know. A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.